You're listening to the Play Big Bramble Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome to the Play Big Bramble Podcast, business and branding advice to help you play a bigger game in your business and brand bold to stand out in the crowd. Each week, I'll be sharing interviews with business and creative professionals, as well as insights and strategies to help you do more of the things you want to do in your business, get confident, clear, and capable to build your business brand and bottom line. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Suzanne Chadwick, your host, and today we are talking all about LinkedIn with the queen of LinkedIn herself, Karen Hollenbach. So if you don't know Karen, she has a business called Think Bespoke. She works with large corporates and small businesses, as well as leaders on creating the right LinkedIn profile, as well as training their teams. And so today we're talking about how small businesses can utilize LinkedIn as well. So how to use LinkedIn analytics to your advantage, curating your LinkedIn feed to see what you really want to be seeing every day, building a company page, as well as personal branding and so much more. So if LinkedIn is something that you've been wanting to do more of, then make sure you listen up and enjoy this episode. Karen Hollenbeck, welcome to the Play Big Brown Bold podcast. Hello, Suze. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Now, obviously, for those who don't, who don't know Karen, Karen is the queen of LinkedIn. She wears her crown most days. <laughs> Your little blue, your little blue, blue crown. Oh, I love it. Uh, but today I really wanted to get Karen on because I have a perception and I might be wrong, but I kind of feel like most small businesses or SMEs view LinkedIn as the big boys playground. It's where the corporates play. Uh, if you want to build your corporate network, that's where you go. But I think that things are changing. And so that's what I wanted to, I guess, ask the queen of LinkedIn. <laughs> Do you like that? It might, I, I do it like might that. stick. It might stick. What is happening? So when it comes to LinkedIn, let's have a little bit of an update generally. What are some of the things that you're seeing as far as some of the changes? Well, there's been lots of changes. And yes, I am seeing lots of commentators, especially in the social media space, talk about um, LinkedIn drawing, you know, taking a fresh look at LinkedIn. And I really think, Suze, that has a lot to do with the fact that when LinkedIn was bought by Microsoft last year, there were some significant changes to some of the features and the most important one being the LinkedIn profile analytics. So what's happening now is if you're posting an update, you're seeing how many people are viewing that. And it's this concept of gamification that LinkedIn mm. knows really well. And they've had some Facebook developers come across. They're getting really smart about how they do things. I'm not saying they weren't smart before, um, but certainly user experience has also been so, always been something that LinkedIn, um, I mean, people say to me, oh, it's so cute the way you get so excited about LinkedIn, Karen. <laughs> Because not, <laughs> not patronising at all. Well, let's face it, platforms like um, Instagram and Facebook can be a lot more fun and people are a lot more familiar with them and they're a lot more, they're a lot more comfortable with mm, them. So yes. I call what you described at the start this idea of LinkedIn-itis and I think that 
The recent changes, most significantly being the profile analytics, also the fact that we can now do the LinkedIn video feature. Mm, yes. Um, so I don't know about you, but my feed is certainly changing. It's feeling a bit more Facebooky. I've got mixed feelings about that. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing a different type of person jump on LinkedIn, and I'm seeing more people take risks. So I think because of those features, people are like, oh, hang on, I'm actually not only getting X amount of views to my profile, but I'm reaching this second degree network. This puppy's got some potential. And that's always been there, that if you publish on LinkedIn and you know, we'll probably talk about some of those features and how you can use them. It's always been there, but what LinkedIn has done is created a dashboard for you. They're telling you every day how many people are looking at your profile and that's really appealing. Yeah, because we all like to know who's, who's watching us as well. Mm. We like to see, if, especially if we're posting, who's seen it, are we getting comments? What's the reaction? Yeah. All the rest yeah. of it. So positive reinforcement, the old Pavlov's dog theory. Um, LinkedIn has absolutely tuned into that and I think with great success. So they're the major changes and I think that's why people are looking at it. There's also some recent stats released um, out of the US and the UK, but I think we could take some learnings from mm. it around entrepreneurs' use of LinkedIn. So they tend to be on there to be learning. So yes, it's a professional networking platform. We'll talk about sort of what mm. it is and it isn't. But I think there's a lot of people on there that are realizing it's a great place to learn. So I know you're a lover of Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. He's on there. Um, he's on all, he's everywhere. <laughs> uh, but he's a smart guy. He's realized that there are entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and they want to consume him on potentially their favorite platform too. And Jeff Weiner, the CEO of LinkedIn, believes that we're all very busy professionals, which is mm. so true. And you might be busy because you've got a, you know, fast growing business, you're probably also busy because you're juggling other components of your life. So he thinks it's his job to curate your newsfeed. So what that means is we're not just getting those dashboard analytics and we're not just getting the profile views, but the more information you give LinkedIn in your profile, the more you'll be rewarded with information LinkedIn thinks is relevant for you. Okay. And so is there any way that you can be more specific to how you create curate the content that you're receiving in your feed? Well, specifically, if you're getting a lot of guff, um, the first thing you can do is if you've got someone in your network who's writing about stuff that's not relevant mm. or they're ranting a lot or they're showing you what they had for lunch, which is, you know, if you're <laughs> a foodie, that might be exactly what you want to see. But I think people come to LinkedIn more for news, trends and industry updates. You can just click three little buttons on the right hand side of their update and unfollow. Um, but the other thing you can do is just fill in all the key parts of your LinkedIn profile. So if you've got a picture, you've got your headline filled in, you've got a lot of your experience filled in with detail, you've got a summary, mm. um, all of your skills are filled, it, filled in, then you're feeding LinkedIn with information that tells you what you're interested in. And then if you choose to engage on LinkedIn, and all that could mean is clicking through to articles, reading them, liking, commenting, messaging, you know, at its heart, it's just a really sophisticated database. So it's using all of that information that you're giving it to say, hey, Suze, you know, I see that you're really interested in, you know, supporting people in business. Why don't you have a look at this? And you, you almost um, know, you know, if you become consciously aware of this, you will start to see that some of the content you engage with will start to sort of pop mm. into your newsfeed. And of course, we've also got the fact that LinkedIn has an advertising function. So if you fall within that yes. target, you're going to see those sorts of updates in your feed as well. Yeah. And I have clicked on one or two sponsored posts. That cost someone is, $11. Yeah. Well, well, can I just tell you, and this might just be a little tip or thought for those who do advertise, is that I actually went to it. And when I went to it, I couldn't see more about the product that they were advertising so I clicked away it was like I had to book a demo 
or something like that. And I'm like, well, I actually want to see what it is before I decide whether I book a demo. So that was a bit of a waste of $11 for them. But I have seen it and engaged with some of that. Yeah, and um, it's very targeted. And that's why LinkedIn advertising is really interesting for businesses and probably more the space of larger businesses because of the cost per click. So it can, you know, bidding can range between $5 and $15 depending on how targeted mm. you are and how competitive it is for that particular person. But you can go right down to, you know, gender, age, um, so the same as industry. Facebook? Yeah, a, a very, very detailed organisation. I'd argue more detailed than Facebook. Mm. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't argue that. Uh, there are really specific things around actual role because yes. LinkedIn's, you've given LinkedIn that information, the organisation that you're currently working for, the level of education, the number of years of experience that you've had. If you just think about all the information you put into LinkedIn, mm. they're the ways that you can target through advertising. So as long as you've got a well thought out plan and the example you've given is a good example of not sort of looking at that whole Optimizing, flow. yes. Uh, but I would say, Suze, there's so much you can do before you start consider ad considering advertising. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So now I know you've got a very unique perspective on this. Is LinkedIn, Karen, a social media <laughs> platform? Well, it depends on who you speak to. I say no. Yeah. <laughs> And the reason I say no is because the behaviours on LinkedIn are quite different to the behaviours on social media. So first and foremost, if I've got connections on LinkedIn or they're not my friends, mm -hmm. um, they're people that, I mean, they could be my friends, but they're people that I've worked with, that I know, that I've trained, that they're clients. Um, so certainly Census, who does the social media report, absolutely does classify LinkedIn as social media and interestingly, it's the second biggest platform for users in Australia. I really think at its heart, yes, it's a job search site. It always has been. It potentially always will be. That's how it started. But it's morphed now much more into a professional networking platform. And I'd say also increasingly a LinkedIn, uh, sorry, a news feed. And LinkedIn's not alone there. Facebook's trying to do that. Twitter's always tried to do that. So if you view LinkedIn like a professional networking platform, I just want you to imagine it like a, a virtual room. So if I walked into one of your events, um, looking at someone's LinkedIn profile is the same. I'm, walk I'm in a virtual room, LinkedIn is that virtual room. I'm walking up to your profile. Is your profile representing all the things that you would say to me when I met you in a conversation? So is it giving me a sense of self? And I think you just have to sort of tuck in your rants and what you had for lunch and those sorts of things and really just be really mindful that people are on there for business, not necessarily a chat. Now, having said that, I do talk about LinkedIn, you know, extending the conversation for offline, but it is still more of a business conversation. So there was a HubSpot study that showed LinkedIn has three times greater conversion than Facebook and Twitter with B2B businesses. Mm, okay. People are there to do business. Um, increasingly they're there for news and of course they're there for jobs too. Mm. But I think you've just got, it's a different, you've got different rules of engagement. And so people don't spend anywhere near as much time on LinkedIn as they would on potentially other platforms. If they're on other social media platforms, it tends to have a much older age skew, but we can talk about sort of user stats if, mm. if you, that's of interest. But they don't spend, they probably spend up to two hours a week on it and there's not as many active users. Mm. So the good news about that is you, well, you can over communicate, but if you're liking and commenting on things, people might not even see that in their feed. Whereas if you're in Facebook or Instagram, depending on the algorithms, depending on how many people you're connected to on a personal level. So if you view your personal profile, you're probably much more likely to see everyone's updates, but on LinkedIn, depending on your connections, you're probably not. 
Because yeah. the algorithm gives you what it thinks you want. It doesn't necessarily give you recent updates. Okay. And so when it comes to uh, the stats, from a small business perspective, obviously we are talking B2B, but is it good for B2C as well? It what is you if you, think? yeah, it is depending on your industry and influences. So if you're really going after key person of influence, thought leadership, want to sort of lead from the front within your industry, absolutely. So if you're looking for guest speaking gigs or you're a bit of a game changer, a disruptor, you know, very popular term, but very, very real for some people in terms of their business offering, it's the place for you. And the reason I say that is because when people type in your name, so let's just say um, someone mentioned Suzanne Chadwick to me, I didn't know you, I type in Suzanne Chadwick. If you've fully optimised your profile, chances are, because it's such a massive platform with so many members and so many large organisations on it, with such regular activity, the first thing that's going to come up is your name. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, am I using my LinkedIn profile as a 24 hour day, seven days a week online ambassador? And is it presenting the best version of myself and my business? So it's really just a touch point among multiple touch points, but it depends where your end user or the person that you're trying to influence is. So the question you've got to ask yourself for a business and you do need to, I mean, LinkedIn may not be you. Yes. It may not be for you. And I think people need to, you know, really have a think about what we've chatted about today, have a look at it. Um, you know, if you're a food-based business, if you're more a retail-based business, there are certainly other platforms for you. However, if you're publishing, um, you're blogging, and you want to influence a group beyond your industry and maybe even beyond Australia, then you really need to have a hard look at LinkedIn. And at a most basic level, you can just research your competitors and see what they're doing to help make the decision about who's on it and whether it's relevant for you or not. Okay. And so how can small business use LinkedIn to grow their business? Okay, well, the first thing they need to do is just claim their real estate. Yes. So they need to have a well-optimized LinkedIn profile, and that just means filling in all the key features. So when that person does come and look at you, it's not written for your peers. It's written for that person that's thinking about doing business with you. So if your name's been mentioned by someone and they're looking you up and your LinkedIn profile comes up, is your, does your LinkedIn profile have all of the key information in there that that person needs to help make a decision? So do you have a company page? Can they click through to that company page? Can they see how many employees you have? Can they see, can they then click through to your website? Do you have a sense of your portfolio on there? Do you have, are you using all the visual elements so they're really clear about who you are? So the first one is just for research as a touch point. The second one is really in a, in, from a content marketing perspective attracting, acquiring and engaging a potential community online. So if your target consumers are, or, or target businesses are on LinkedIn, then it's about building your real estate up on LinkedIn via a company page. So just think the simplest way to understand it, Suze, is on Facebook, you have your own personal profile and then you've got a fan page or a business page. On LinkedIn, you have your LinkedIn profile and being connected with someone doesn't necessarily give you permission to sell to them, um, but you then have a company page. So you can post content from that company page. You can do sponsored paid updates, as we've just talked about, that can be very targeted. So you can do that sort of reach out through advertising and lead gen forms and mirrored audiences and website retargeting all that sort of stuff's available via the company page. But I like to think that um, if you take this insight of it being a professional networking platform, the first thing I want people to do is to just make sure they're connected with everyone they know, everyone, and yes, it could be your friends, um, everyone you've ever worked with um, and everyone, all of your clients and all of the people you went to school with and all the soccer parents and all the footy parents because I believe people do do business with people they know, like and trust. Mm. And I also think 
that people want you to be successful. So, so many of my referrals have come from people who never engage in my content on LinkedIn, but they're watching. And yes, everybody's and you watching. you tell stories to me all the time about that. Like clients are getting contact with you who you may have never spoken to, but yeah. they're like, I've been reading your posts for the last nine months yeah. and now can you come and like deliver yeah. across Australia for yeah. us? Yeah. Which I think is just amazing because I think a lot of times we do look for that validation where we're posting, we're posting, we're posting, and we're maybe potentially not getting the engagement. Yes. So we might be getting the views, but we may not be getting the engagement. And so we think, well, what's the point yeah. or is this working? Yeah. But I think that that's a really important point that you make that people are watching, mm. which I think is really interesting. Mm. So just a couple of questions from what you've just said is first of all, when you said, you know, somebody in business comes to your profile and takes a look at it, are you representing yourself and giving them the information that they need? Now, obviously a lot of people use LinkedIn as their online resume. <laughs> as opposed to potentially yeah. speaking to a potential client. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do you think that you can sort of have that tone or yeah. content? What should it look like? And this is really interesting because I think um, in many ways, you and I have both built businesses on how hard it is to talk about and promote yourself. Yes. <laughs> um, if I think about it in those terms. So the first thing I'll say to people when they're trying to um, unlock LinkedIn is you need to answer two questions. And the first one is, what do you want to be known for? Mm. So I love the LinkedIn queen. That's lovely. Thank you. And the second, <laughs> I I'll think just you should it. definitely put that in your title. <laughs> yeah. And the second one is, who are you trying to influence? And so I really don't ask those questions lightly, Susan. I think the biggest challenge for small business owners is really um, stepping into the discomfort of being really clear about who they are. So you'll hear people talk about storytelling, you've mm. run panels on it, it's in my headline, this concept of authenticity. And being self-aware and being able to write a profile that represents you as whole you, and I don't mean you might be a mother of X amount of children mm. and you know your favorite color is blue, I mean the whole professional you is quite tricky. So how you do that is in your summary. And for any listeners, just have a look at my LinkedIn profile, have a look at your LinkedIn profile as examples of how you do that. So your headline needs to talk about your superpowers or the key mm. things that you do and the key people that you work with. It doesn't need to include your business name because that's listed below because you've already listed that as experience. Your summary needs to really reach out to those people that you're trying to influence, but not in a salesy kind of way. Mm. And that takes crafting and wordsmithing and it's really difficult to talk about yourself so get the you know services of a copywriter the person that's written your website um, to help you with that or you um, can contact Karen absolutely <laughs> of course you can contact um, me and you know my team and I you know would love to help you um, and so you really have to then look at the information you put in your experience and it shouldn't be how we write a resume is these are all the things that I was responsible yes. for and here are all my you know, duties. Well, that's actually really boring. What I want to know is what did you do in that role? Why did you, you know, how has it formed who you are today? What were the key things that you did to transform that business? Or what were the key things that you did during that time that have informed who you are today? And again, I'll say, have a look at my profile because I've got my experience at Wesley College in there and I talk about it in the, in the context of my career change mm. and why I went from working for a global FMCG company and then working for Wesley College. You know, why, there's a jump. Why did that happen? So I tell that story within my profile and it's all related to what I want to be known for and who I'm trying to influence. And it was really interesting because I remember when 
I first started guest speaking and I had to submit my bio and I do a much better job of that now thanks to your amazing speaker kit and I've given you that feedback before that people have said this is a great speaker kit um, but the first time I had to sort of give my um, you know submit my bio for guest speaking I it was rejected because it was with a client and he said no 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 Karen that's not how I see you at all and this is really interesting for people listening who have maybe come from corporate and are trying to work out how to combine their previous life mm. with their new life which is entrepreneurialism and running a business and oh they're two separate worlds no 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 they're not that's the opportunity I believe everything you've done up until this point has groomed you for what you're doing today 100% yes and you have all these skills so the challenge and the opportunity with your LinkedIn profile is telling that story so this client played back to me no Karen I see that you've come from the top end of town you've worked with big brands you've learned how to leverage LinkedIn and now you're cultivating that and working with smaller organizations to and individuals to help them leverage LinkedIn and I just said to him Glenn thank you so much and that certainly helped me realize and celebrate the opportunity to talk about where you've come from and where you're heading and so just think about back to that concept of your LinkedIn profile is your 24 hours a day online ambassador what are the key things you want people to know about yourself and I don't mean your services necessarily yes. I want to know what you care about why you do what you do what do you believe what are your personal mantras what are you passionate about okay if you don't like the word passionate use something else I think there's been a lot of blogs out saying it's the most overused word on LinkedIn but just your version of that. Use your language and you'll feel a lot more comfortable about your online presence if your personal branding is presented well on LinkedIn. And I find that when I work with clients, they go through this sort of journey of self-discovery when they've got to do their About Us page on their website. They've got to work out. I mean, you'd find this when you do the um, preparing and the pitching documents with yes. clients. But it's it's quite a reflective exercise, but if you can come out on the other side of it, gee, it's powerful because yeah. people read you and they understand because we all online research each other. Everybody's watching. Yeah, and I do. I want to know what you've done and where you did it and how big was it and what, what was the outcome yeah. and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So I think that that's really important. The second question I had for you was around company page. Uh, for those who have got obviously their personal profile and then their company page, how often are you posting from your company page? Is it just your blog post? Like what sort of uh, content do you share from your company page as opposed to your personal profile? So that's a really good question. And I think one that more and more people are wondering. So the first thing I'd say is LinkedIn officially will tell you you need to post every single day because they want you to be on there every single day. Your decision around this really depends on how committed you are to a content marketing strategy and how much you are, have tools, scheduling tools or time available to do this. So don't walk down the path of posting without a strategy. So the first thing you need to do is decide what promise that you're making to your followers. Like, why would I follow Think Bespoke's company page? So the promise I make to people is for LinkedIn news, like follow us for LinkedIn news and regular insights to assist your professional journey. And so once you've, and that might sound like a really easy statement, but it took me a good amount of workshopping to work that out. And that's one of the things I do with clients, really work out, well, what is your content marketing strategy? How are you going to attract and engage? 
you then need to look at how many followers you have and say, okay, well, if I've got 20 followers on my page and they're all, you know, my mum, my sister, you know, <laughs> my team. Have you been looking at my profile? <laughs> you need to, first of all, really think about how to build that before you, and so it's a bit chicken and egg. Like you want to build your following, but you also don't want to spend too much time on it with only 20 followers. So mm. you need to have like any content marketing plan. It doesn't matter where you're posting. You need to think about, well, what's your end goal? And you've got a lot more permission on your company page than you do on your profile to be posting more promotional material. So you might do a mix, so absolutely yes, you do your blog. Um, you might also share some content that's useful for your ideal client that you don't produce. Uh, my LinkedIn tips, my visuals uh, do really well, just a, a simple visual that's a LinkedIn tip of what to do with LinkedIn. Um, you might choose to share information about your events. You might choose to share information about um, a, a what else could you do? Um, news or trends that are going on in your industry. Um, if there's particular people that you know your ideal client reads. So, and you would do that just the way you theme. Do you theme your content for Facebook that you share via other platforms? Uh, so sometimes I do. So for 2018, my content calendar is themed by month with a specific topic. Yeah. Uh, but it's really interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking, I don't actually think that I factored LinkedIn into my... Dun, dun. <laughs> Sprung uh, into my content calendar, but that's okay. It's just a button if you're yeah. scheduling. So the thing, but I guess my question with that is, is that my content? Am I sharing the same content across platforms? Because it's it is a very different well, one. Well, no, so that's the thing. No, so if you use Think Bespoke as an example, I'm on um, all the companies on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and. Pinterest, but some of those are automated. I'm not actively on all of those. And so the conversations I have on LinkedIn and the information I post on LinkedIn is different to the conversations that I have on Facebook, but sometimes they're the same. And so this comes back to a content planning matrix and really working out who your ideal clients are. So I've got three distinct groups, so individuals, organizations, and then career changes. So they're, they're, they all have different needs in terms of LinkedIn. So the content I share with them might be different. Yeah. Um, and then you need to think about when they're on. So I post a lot of my content on a Sunday if I'm talking to my career planners because I know they're sitting there thinking about what they're doing with what their lives. What they're dreading going into work on. Yeah, Monday. and a lot of the owners of business, the number of conversations I have, at, this sounds weird, but the number of conversations I have at 10 o'clock at night with owners of businesses, male and female, on LinkedIn via messaging is huge. So you just really need to know your own market and understand what you're posting. But just to rewind a little bit, you really need to develop a follower strategy first, Sue. So you need to make a promise and then you need to think about the other channels that you're on. Let them know, hey, we're also on LinkedIn. You need to put it in your newsletter. You might like to message people within LinkedIn. You might like to have a ritual if people invite you to connect. Mm. You might like then to say, oh, look, you know, I share regular updates on whatever you're sharing. But LinkedIn will tell you trending news and updates. And the question you've got to ask yourself is, what is the information that people will find valuable? What is the information that they will engage with? And engaging with on LinkedIn could just be click-throughs. And you can see that from your analytics. So can you imagine that I don't get a lot of uh, likes and comments when I put up career planning tips, but if I put up a blog that's in relation to mid-stage career planning, I get a lot of clicks through. Mm. But people aren't going to necessarily yeah. let the world know that they're engaging with that content. And you can see that. You get analytics with your company page. And so are you only posting uh, content from your own website or do you share or post other content? I would share content? a mix. Yeah. Okay. So rule number one of content marketing is you don't post all your own content. 
content. So there's arguments of a 60-40 mix, you could do an 80-20 mix, you've got to work out what your market's responding to. And generally when we manage these plans for clients, we'll do them for about three months and then review and tilt. And it's just what's topical, what's trending. Um, if we've got new team members for their particular team, we might share a meet the team blog. If there's an event going on. And this is on, all on your company page. This is all on the company page. Okay. Yeah, so Think Bespoke has a company page. If people yeah. want to check it out, have a look. Um, I use a number of tools to help schedule a lot of my content. So I have a blog that I write every week. Um, and then I have a lot of evergreen content from the blogs that I've written previously. We have a lot of tips. I have industry news. And the key places, I mean, I guess I'm... I don't know if I'm lucky, but LinkedIn is a prolific blog writer. So there's so many useful resources that come out about LinkedIn all the time. Mm. So a tip for people thinking about, oh my God, this just feels overwhelming. How am I going to do this? Just set up some Google alerts. So if you want to think about the topics that you'd like to talk about for your community that aren't necessarily produced by you or content that you're producing, just set up Google alerts. Um, with it, so for you it might be branding, um, small business branding, SME branding, whatever it might yeah. be. You put set up the Google Alerts. You can also specify if it's Australian content that drops into your inbox. And then I just have a ritual of scheduling that across to my social media tools on a particular time for my calendar. So really doing content marketing well, and this is why I said right at the start of this, yeah, you can you know you can have a company page and you can post, but I don't want people listening to this to think, oh that's hard. LinkedIn's difficult. These principles that I'm talking about are the same on Instagram, they're the yes. same on Facebook, they're the same on Twitter. And so if you're just pushing stuff out without a strategy and have not thought about yes. your ideal client, please stop because you're just <laughs> wasting your time. And it's not, it, you know, if you're getting high conversions from it, keep going. Um, but I'd argue that this is where LinkedIn's fundamentally different, that you can do a lot from your profile and that's where all the conversations start. But your company page, that's a whole other whole other conversation yeah for sure absolutely okay cool and so when it comes to I guess tactics and strategies around how small businesses can utilize LinkedIn on a longer term basis what are some of the rituals yep. or things that they need to be doing more of great question so I'd start with your profile and I'm just sort of mindful of how we sort of had the big conversation about company page then so just put that aside for a moment Start with your profile and make sure that it's completely representing you. When you go into LinkedIn each day, have it as a have it either as your desktop saved, you know, on your desktop, so it's the screen that you go into. A lot of people I find go into Facebook, which is very interesting. So maybe shave off some of that time on Facebook. Um, have it as the app on your phone. So if you're five minutes early to a meeting, um, it's very easy to access. And I yeah. say to um, women, it's like your pelvic floor exercises, ladies, five minutes a day. And to men, you know, you've got to, most of you, you've got to shave every day. So just think about that too. So just build it into your daily ritual. When you do go in, the first thing you should do at your, is look at your invitations to connect. Mm. And you need to have a connection criteria. So too often I hear people go, oh no, I don't invite anyone I don't know. I don't accept, sorry, invitations from anyone I don't know. I'm like, hang on, why not? They could be warm leads. What do you mean? No, they're only people selling to me. But how do you how do you know that? Why don't you just have a look at them? So have a connection criteria. I generally find between four and six people out of 10 have got a reason for connecting with me. And if anyone listening is tends to have more introverted tendencies, often that's a comfortable way for introverts to reach out to you, that that's just really normal for them to have a conversation with you online. And certain age groups are the same. They're gonna be much more likely to converse with you online then pick up the phone and call you. So have a connection criteria, accept your invitation to connect, and then either in that moment or in your next ritual, 
reach out to that person and say, hey, thanks for the invitation to connect, how can I help? And make sure you sign off with your name and your website URL, or if you wanna have a conversation with that person, insert your phone number, because if that person is looking at it from their phone, it's clickable, and you just wanna make it really easy for them to ring you. Now, do you do that with everybody? Is that an automated message you'd have? No, it's a very selected you can. There message. Are some, um, there are some Chrome plugins that you can automate. Um, there are absolute, there's Link Helper, there's um, Sales Navigation Lite now available as Gmail and Chrome plugins. So definitely have a look at the Chrome plugins available. I am old school, so I really do, I'm the one that has all of my conversations. There might be an occasional exception to that room if I'm, to that rule if I'm sort of out and about, I might have an assistant jump in and respond to something if I can see a message there and I can't get to it. But generally speaking, I do it all. So, but there are tools to automate if you want to do it. So I guess, so when somebody connects with you and you accept that invitation, do you then immediately go Depends and... Depends what I'm doing. Right. So no, and this is where... Um, I've got my Gmail set up so I can see that people who have connected with me and I might then reach out to them. And this is why I like LinkedIn because you can really just have these daily or weekly disciplines to get on top of this stuff. So I'll tell you a story. For, there was a four-week period where I didn't do any of this. I just accepted the invitation to connect and didn't do any follow-up. Um, and the other ritual I do is look at who's looked at my profile. I do that. Yeah. Just because I'm nosy. But yeah. what do you do with that when you see it? Nothing. Okay, so here's what I recommend you do. If that person with this in my target or looks quite influential that they might know lots of other people, I will actually send them an invitation to connect and have a tailored message and say, I'll just be a bit playful. I'll just mm. say, LinkedIn tells me you were looking at my profile. I thought I'd reach out and say hello. And then often that will start the conversation. They'll go, oh yeah, I thought I'd email you. I was just listening to your podcast or I was just... Mm. And they'll start a conversation with you. Um, I like that playful approach. Yeah, and it's just imagine otherwise I feel like it's like, I saw that you were cyber stalking me and I thought I'd reach out. <laughs> it's like it's a little bit. Just be you. Yeah, and just yeah. like LinkedIn provides all these opportunities for you to wish people happy birthday. And I just had an um, anniversary and all these congratulations, Karen. Congrats. And I was so interested in the number of people that just responded to LinkedIn and gave me the tailored message. Congratulations, Karen. And I understand that we're all busy professionals. So I don't need you to send me tailored yeah. messages all the what, time. What, the little button? Yeah, the little button. Congrats, it, yeah. Karen. Congrats, Karen. It was interesting to see who took the time to actually start a proper conversation who just sort of was like, yes, Karen's trained me. She knows that I need to do something. Someone even said, I know how much you like these messages, Karen. <laughs> In the congratulations. So just always think when I'm engaging on LinkedIn, what opportunities do I have to start a conversation? So back to the daily rituals, look at who's your invitations to connect. Think about what you've done in the last 24 hours. Think about what conversations you've had. Are you connected with that person on LinkedIn? Just double check. Then have a look at your newsfeed. Is there anything of interest in there? If you've gone through the process of thinking about what do I want to be known for and who am I trying to influence? And there's some really great content in your area of expertise, like it. Because when you like it, all of your connections will mm. see that you've liked it and they'll associate that with you. So that implies you need to be following people that are sharing good content. You can follow companies, you can follow influencers that publish on LinkedIn. Um, so that's sort of the daily stuff that I would do. Um, and there's lots in messaging, like people that see me training and sort of can see the back end of my LinkedIn profile will just go, oh my God, there's so much going on in your messaging, Karen. Yes, because it's, it's a virtual room. I'm having lots of conversations mm. with people all the time. And we know, I mean, email marketing can achieve high conversions. And I absolutely believe the two most important things in your business are your email list and your website. However, 
your email is a very busy place. So I can normally get quite good cut through with someone who's an active LinkedIn user to start a conversation with them if I need to. But it's got to be someone I'm connected with. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I think that you've actually given us loads to think about. Uh, and I do think that LinkedIn is changing. I am seeing more influencers, more small businesses on there. And mm. it has really piqued my interest. Uh, I have also obviously seen people using video, which I am in two minds about yeah. at the moment, just because I feel like it probably needs to be a little bit more polished on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, so that's an, I feel the same way. that's an interesting thing, but I'm also very conscious of saying good on you for having a go. Yes. Uh, so, so it's a bit of a balance, but I do think that there is an opportunity to definitely, definitely build, especially if you're in B2B. Mm better relationships, mm. better content. I will definitely be looking at how I'm integrating LinkedIn into my 2018 content strategy Good. as well. And are you publishing? We haven't talked about publishing at all. Are you publishing Well, we can definitely LinkedIn? touch on it. So uh, sometimes, I know that we talked about it for quite some time and I'm probably doing it. It's interesting because I remember you saying to me, even once a month or once every few weeks or something is enough. Like it doesn't need to be all the time. Yeah. Although you did just say that you publish once a week, a blog post so once a week. So I publish a blog on my website once uh, a week. So this isn't an article that you've written in. No. So there's three. It, so for those listening, you can just do all the things we've talked about. Have a great profile, play in messaging, like, comment, and you never have to post. So I don't want to freak you out. Some people go, oh my goodness, you know, I don't blog yet. I don't. But for those that do... There's a few things you can do. So there's, um, so I've um, have recently, I don't know. We can edit, edit here. So there's a few things you can do. First of all, if you've written a blog from your website, you can t talk a little bit about that in just a normal update and post the link, which will drive traffic back to your website. You can also hashtag, which is now searchable on LinkedIn. Don't know how much it's used, but stick to maybe two hashtags and it will peak the interest of the algorithms on LinkedIn and it might help drop that into other people's news feeds. You can also write what I call a micro story. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I'm seeing, seeing trending now. So it's like a mini, think about Instagram, right? For anyone listening that knows Instagram and you know those ones, Kylie of Kin does this, yes. Kylie Lewis does this especially well. And you just know. It's a longer, well, it's like it's a longer a, post for it's, Instagram. It's like a longer post for Instagram. So a micro story is similar. There's probably more text there, a powerful visual, and it's just getting you to think about it. So really, really important for your personal branding and your area of expertise. So Trevor Young does that particularly yes. well. Um, PR Warrior is yes. a great example of that and he's been talking about micro stories a lot. So have a look at how he does it. I've tried it a little bit and it works really well, but I do want to credit Trevor because that's where I saw it and I've acknowledged you know, him for doing so it. So when you it was say great. it works really well, what happens? High, um, high engagement, high views. So for, for me, when I've done it, but you can't just talk about guff. So when we talk about a content marketing strategy, you have to think about what I'm actually going to talk about. So recently I, I shared career choices. I shared the story of my husband. He's had some very exciting things happen being featured in two major Australian um, car magazines. Mm -hmm. It's a milestone moment for his career. So when I posted that, I thought really strategically about that because I'm connected to a lot of his clients and a lot of our connections would have engaged with that. So I was reaching a whole new community within my connections by posting that. And then that then got reshared. So you've really got to think about 
What do I want to be known for? Who am I trying to influence? And to make sure you stay on brand when you post these micro stories. Don't have a rant, really have a think about what you're trying to share. So just treat it like a, a long form Instagram post if you're familiar with Instagram yes. or a longer form Facebook post. It's the same thing. So that's micro story. The final thing you can do is publish a LinkedIn article. And that's, that becomes branding that is housed with your LinkedIn profile. And if people are researching you, one of the first things they'll do is have a look at some of the stuff that you've written. So a good example is um, you, Suze, invited me to your storytelling panel. Uh-huh. So I came along to this panel and I started to talk about story t- storytelling and I thought it's a really interesting concept. You know, I hadn't necessarily described myself in those terms, but you did. Yes. And so I thought, I'm going to adopt this. That sounds like, a, yes, I think I might be a bit of a storyteller, actually. <laughs> See, queen of LinkedIn, storyteller. <laughs> Thank you. But it's about listening to what people are telling mm. you about your services and what you do and where you can add value. So I put the word storyteller into my headline. And then the next two LinkedIn articles I wrote for uh, my LinkedIn profile that I published were re- in relation to corporate storytelling. So this was over sort of an eight week period. Now, lo and behold, I get this call from the RCSA lady there who runs their PD. And she said, Karen, you're the only person I can find on LinkedIn that's talking about storytelling. What? And I now run regular webinars for the RCSA as a result of that. So, you know, people say, how do I get business on LinkedIn? It, It doesn't really work that way. You've got to think about your personal brand, your organizational brand. You've got to stay in your lane. As you often talk about, you've got to share value-adding content. You've got to be, you know, collegiate, collaborative, all the principles that you probably know about social media, but you've got to be a little bit more authoritative in terms of, and strategic in terms of the content that you share. So it's not difficult. It just requires some thought. And so with the publishing around the amount that you publish? What are some of your thoughts or recommendations well, look, on that? Some people publish weekly. I think it depends on your goals. I publish every three to four weeks. And really, I always work on the idea that is this useful to mm. my LinkedIn community? Am I genuinely adding value to my community? And I think, you know, back to this comment that I said at the start, oh, Karen, you get so excited about LinkedIn. You know, I'm careful not to always talk about mm. LinkedIn, even though I'm happy to talk about it. So I posted one re- recently about, you know, preparing for your goals and talking about goal planning and how to prepare for a great year. And that was one that resonated with people, but it's just so I mix it up a little bit. So every, you know, two to four weeks, but I'm just mindful of the fact that I blog weekly. Yeah. So for me, it's just a matter of looking at that and going, well, which one is suitable for my LinkedIn profile? And so do you ever copy and paste? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and I will just tweak so sometimes it my you'll share the, Sometimes you'll share the link which goes back to your I will website. Always, nine times out of ten, I will share the link via my LinkedIn profile update. Um, and it will also go into my company page update. Yes. Separately, like at oh, different okay. times. Um, I will then repurpose it if I think it's of value. And I might do it at exactly the same time or I might do it a week later or I might be thinking, oh, you know, I'm hearing everyone talk about this. So storytelling was an example. I'm sure I wrote a blog about that a year ago. So I might cut and paste and then rewrite. And I'll tend to be on my best behavior on LinkedIn. When you read my blog, I might be a little bit more personal or give you a bit of a deeper insight into the way I think or how I feel about something. But on LinkedIn, I'd probably tuck that in a little bit. Okay. Just because that's how I choose to navigate it. But, you know, not everyone chooses to navigate LinkedIn and that's the choice that we've all got. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, Karen, that has been a whole lot of good. So I really appreciate it. If people want to find you and find out more about how you can help them with their LinkedIn strategy, with their profile and all the rest of it, where can they find you? All right, so website is the best spot. So thinkbespoke.com.au um, and jump on the start here, uh, part of the website and there's lots of resources to guide you, whether that's your individual LinkedIn strategy, your organizational LinkedIn strategy. You've heard me talk about career planning and um, content marketing, so you can click on those too. And of course, anyone listening, I invite you to connect on LinkedIn and we can keep the conversation going there. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure.